beating hackers at their own game. Today, Monday, December 8th, this is The World. I'm Marco Werman. Chris Doman grew up hacking his own computer systems. Now he protects multinationals from people like himself. I suppose I don't want to scare you, but um, it's hard not to be scary. We kick off a week-long exploration of how a new generation lives at the intersection of technology and security. Also, how ISIS figures out which recruits should staff the communications office. They look at them and say, hmm, you're a fighter. No, you're in the IT department. Hmm, your English is pretty good. We will use that. Plus, a place in New York where you can have a random conversation with someone in Tehran might be surprised what you have in common. He depends upon Jon Stewart to get his news and a daily show, which is exactly what most young Americans do at this point. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. Navy SEAL Team 6, able to enter a compound in Pakistan and kill Osama bin Laden, unable this past weekend to rescue kidnapped American journalist Luke Summers from a compound in Yemen. As smart military analysts have already said, it's easier to attack than it is to rescue, even for SEAL Team 6. U.S. officials, meanwhile, continue to defend the decision to launch the raid in Yemen, but the somber result remains that Luke Summers and Pierre Corky, a fellow hostage from South Africa, are now dead, and a lot of questions remain. Rukmini Kalamaki is covering the story for the New York Times. Uh, Rukmini, the defense secretary, Chuck Hagel, has defended the decision to carry out the raid. Uh, he said an American's life was in danger, and al-Qaeda had indeed threatened to kill Summers on Saturday if their demands were not met. But w- what do you think? Obviously, this is this is a tragedy. The U.S. lost not only the hostage that it was trying to save, but also Pierre Corky, who is a South African and who was due to be released Sunday, uh, according to his family and to the negotiators working for his release. Um, what seems to have happened is is two things. The rescue in Al-Qaeda cases is extremely difficult because Al-Qaeda has given orders to its people on the ground to execute hostages as soon as they believe that a rescue mission is, is in course. So the commandos that went in, they needed to have an element of surprise to be able to get to the compound and essentially surround it and attack it before the guards realized what was happening and turned around and, and, and shot the captain. That didn't happen. Perhaps it was the rotors. Perhaps it was barking. Um, it could have been any number of things. Um, the larger question that I think the family and, and others are asking is, um, is the current U.S. hostage policy, which essentially rests on a single, a single option for rescue, and that's a military option, is that working? We're now seeing over and over again uh, these grisly scenes of Americans being killed overseas at the same time that their European cellmates are being released for ransom. Now, there's obviously a lot of good arguments for not paying ransom, but um, one of the pieces I'm working on right now is trying to look at the other options that are in between. In between paying a ransom and, and the military raid, what else can you do, which critics of the U.S. policy are pointing out, are not being done. And they used to be done in the 1990s, incidentally. Mm. And what, what kind of things, just briefly? 
In the 1990s, the FBI led a crisis negotiation unit, and they were in charge of all overseas hostage takings. They were the ones who went in and dealt with everything. And in the FBI manual at the time, they had the option of allowing families to decide whether they wanted to pay a ransom. And if the family wanted to pay themselves a private ransom, they then used the family as their cover so that the kidnappers the kidnappers never believed that they were negotiating with the U.S. government. They always thought that they were negotiating with a private party, but they helped the family, first of all, negotiate the sum. Second of all, make, make sure that they weren't being scammed because there's a lot of con artists that try to take advantage of these situations and then help them securely deliver the ransom and get their family member out. There's now a lot of talk amongst uh, former law enforcement officials who were involved in that FBI unit and questions regarding whether whether that system should not be resurrected and why is it that it's no longer it's no longer the case. Um, the, the Foley family, uh, Diane Foley, has said numerous times the, the, that the parents, uh, uh, the family of Jim, the Jim Foley, exactly the U.S. journalist who was who was beheaded by ISIS, they have said many times that they got very contradictory advice from the U.S. government. On the one hand, they would go to Washington.